Let's pray before we start the book of Psalms for this morning. Father God, thank you for our salvation. As always, please fill us with the Spirit of God. Give us clear minds, so much clutter, so much confusion, so many distractions that we are uh, exposed to on a regular basis. We pray you'll fill us with the Spirit of God. All of our sins will be uh, washed away, not uh, as far as our salvation is concerned. That took place 2,000 years ago, but as far as our state is concerned, you walk around the the uh, the dirty streets, Lord, people smoking and uh, coughing and shouting and screaming, all these unclean spirits everywhere, and your clothes smell, and you come back and you feel dirty. So, please clean us, wash us uh, through Thy precious Word. We ask this in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Let's look at a few Psalms this morning. Let's start, if we may, in Psalm 131. David is the author, and quite likely the next one, two three perhaps four and uh, David has been a tremendous character to study over the last three plus years Psalm 131 900 BC let's begin if we may in verse 1 Lord my heart is not haughty proud arrogant puffed up interesting because elsewhere it says our hearts are desperately wicked who can know it nor mine eyes lofty we say uh, he's so high and mighty He's got a high view of himself. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters. The great matters of state. Officers of state. Great matters. Or in things too high for me. Go to Romans chapter 6. When you've got two verses that say different things to the world. That's called a contradiction. But to the Christian that's called a paradox. And yes you can be righteous and not uh, sin free. You can be righteous and still not be perfect you think back to the gospel of luke i think it's chapter one it speaks about uh, zachariah and elizabeth being perfect and upright and keeping all the commandments so on and so forth but of course they weren't perfect otherwise they wouldn't be giving sacrificial systems or offering sacrifices for their own sins romans 12 and uh, look at verse 16 be of the same mind one toward another mind not high things but condescend to them to men of low estate we say uh he's so condensating condensating uh like patronizing looking down basically on somebody else but condescend to men of low estate like homeless people poor people people that have made a mark on society be not wise in your own conceits that's a problem because most people have a level of pride which they carry them all of their days back to Psalm 131 verse 1 Lord my heart is not haughty he's not lying but at the same time scripture scripture we have to be practical and realistic and realize that David was a two-part being old man new man as are we nor mine eyes lofty I don't think I'm superman of course jesus christ was neither do I exercise myself in great matters which is incorrect because of course he was a king he was a prophet he was a priest but when it comes to serving god almighty he's uh, humble and again psalm 12 would be a good cross-reference be of the same mind one toward another mind not high things let's say mind your own business be not mindful of high things but condescend lower yourself to men of low estate that's what david is really saying be not wise in your own conceits 
don't puff yourself up about Psalm 131 verse 1 or in things too high for me so those two passages give us a clear understanding of the book of Psalms cross reference to the book of Romans no contradiction verse 2 surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother my soul is even weaned is as even my soul is even as a weaned child go to 1st Corinthians chapter 14 you mothers out there when you first gave birth to your children you started on the breast milk of course breastfeeding or bottled milk whichever was uh, easier for you I suppose and after a while you start to wean them off the uh, the 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 light stuff onto the solids they start eating real food sub, uh, sub uh, food with substance and of course after that they don't go back onto the milk unless of course you are carnal which we'll get to shortly first Corinthians 14 and uh, look at verse uh, 20 brethren be not children in understanding come on wise up don't be ignorant all of the time grow up how be it in malice be ye children uh, be childlike when it comes to some, something which is malicious but in understanding be men get out of the gospels get into the epistles uh, go a little deep into the word of God and uh, show yourself to be a real man of God 34 let your women keep silence in the churches 90% of churches 90% of churches completely ignore this passage for it is not permitted unto them to speak but they are commanded to be under obedience under obedience obey your husbands and all things obey Christ over the church as also saith the law and if they will learn anything let them ask their husbands at home for it is a shame for women to speak in the church number one no speaking in tongues number two no teaching no preaching like I said it kills 90% of churches all over the world and that would also include female street preachers which is always uncomfortable to watch go to Hebrews chapter 5 let's open this up a bit more now in Hebrews chapter 5 the title of the book should be self-explanatory Hebrew and you've got Hebrew Christians Receive my letter from a Hebrew, probably Apostle Paul, but I can't prove that. And uh, in, let's see now, Hebrews 5, pick it up in verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing, like most people today. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And become such as have need of milk, back to breastfeeding, and not of strong meat. That is the problem. And uh, verse 14. But strong meats belong to them that are of full age. At least three plus, if you use the human analogy of course. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both, uh, both good and evil. Good and evil, back to Psalm 131. Surely, verse 2, I behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. That's very humble from David's standpoint. My soul is even as a weaned child. There's a picture of feeding on the word of God. And uh, Peter says uh, to taste the Lord is good. And of course the scripture is likened to fruit and also milk, milk and honey. And if you read the word of God every day, you are fed in a spiritual sense so these are beautiful psalms to really set the pace for this morning's service 
Look at verse uh, 3. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth up until now and forever. Go to Titus chapter 2. Titus, uh, I think it's Titus chapter 2. Titus 2, verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. The term peculiar means special, chosen, but today it means odd, slightly bizarre. Zealous of good works back to psalm 132 this time background to psalm 132 is found in first samuel chapter 7 if you want to read it sometime to get a fuller understanding 132 verse 1 lord remember david and all his afflictions how he swear unto the lord and vowed unto the unto the mighty god of jacob surely i will not come into thy into the tabernacles of my house nor go up into my bed i will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids until i find out a place for the lord until i find out a place for the lord and habitation for the mighty god of jacob we say can i stay at your place can you put me up at your place lord remember david an intercessory prayer here and all his afflictions david could be the author it's not unusual to speak about yourself in the third person Jesus would do that as with the Apostle Paul. Let's keep reading on. How he swore, how he swore unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into thy tabernacle of my house. Excuse me, surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord. And habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Go to First Peter chapter two. Now the Lordship salvation, uh, Lordship salvation people say this: that if he's not Lord of all, he's not God at all. It's a cheap cliche. It sounds good. Uh, I know the background to it. It was invented back in the 1980s by people like John MacArthur to uh, attack easy believism. But of course, to believe is easy. So it's a bit of an oxymoron. But the reason they attacked easy believism and had a point was because people were just saying a quick prayer and thinking that would save them. And of course, you're not saved by praying, you're saved by believing. And yes, there is a difference of not being pernickety. Once you have believed, then you can start praying. And once you have uh, started to believe, and once you believe and started to pray, you start to turn from your sins. Don't get the order back to front. Don't put the cart before the horse. Put the horse before the cart. Get it right. And I say that to you Bible teachers out there because a lot of you are really confusing people and getting them to get, getting, uh, getting them to doubt their salvation. First Peter chapter 2 please. First Peter chapter 2 and uh, pick it up in uh, 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well you're told to submit to your leaders but it goes much further than that go to first timothy uh, chapter one this is something i'm very guilty of myself uh, i don't pray enough for my leaders as i probably should do 
I'm guessing you're probably the same and there's no real justifiable reason for disobeying scripture because that's what we are doing we are disobeying the scripture and we don't pray for our leaders every day you hear people preach about the big sins and rightly so but they don't talk about the smaller sins I've never heard a Lordship Salvation preacher ever preach about what I'm going to talk, talk about briefly this morning because they're not doing it either most preachers if they are American are conservative which is fine you would expect that of course and they're pro the Democrat they are they are pro the Republican Party not the Democratic Party which you'd understand because the Republicans are mostly pro-life the Democrats are not and yet at the same time you've never heard John MacArthur get on his knees and pray for Joe Biden have you no you haven't or John Hagee pray for uh, Joe Biden on his knees no you haven't or any of those people David Jeremiah you've never seen it never heard it a day in your life and it, they should do it and they're not doing it they are disobeying scripture those guys because of course they don't have any time for democratic leaders in the UK it's like uh, me saying let's all pray for Keir Starmer as tough as that would be but we should pray for him he could be the Prime Minister this time next year and uh, he's got a lot on his plate if he gets into office next year or any world leader for that matter you've got to be consistent if you are going to be a Bible believing Christian you can't pick and choose who you like and who you do not like. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. It's a tough job being in leadership. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Pick it up in uh, verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving thanks be made for all men. Kings. Verse 2. Start at the top. And for all that to an authority. There's your... Uh, parliament if you're in the uk that's your local council that's your house of lords if you're in the uk if you are an, if you are an american that's your president that's the congress that's the house of representatives three branches of government in the us three in the uk start praying people you're told to do so this is a commandment not a suggestion for kings and for all that are in authority that we believers may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty why is this paul but this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour who will have all men to be saved including Joe Biden and Keir Starmer and to come unto the knowledge of the truth for there is one God and one mediator between God and men including Democrats the man Christ Jesus and verse 6 really nails us down who gave himself a ransom for all and I mean all without exception to be testified in due time that's why you're told to pray for your leaders that's what's taking place back in Psalm 132. Go back there, please. Psalm 132. Look at verse uh, 7. Lo, we heard it. The lo, we heard of it at Ephrata. We found it in the fields of the wood. We were going to his tabernacles. We were worship. We were worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest. That's a strange passage. You've got a mortal man telling the immortal what to do. But of course that's how the Lord operates. He allowed a man back in Genesis to beat him in a wrestling match one night. Because of course if we didn't get any victory anywhere. Then of course why would God have to do anything for us? When Christ comes to earth the first time. They spit on him. They pull his beard out. They, you know, they, they, they spit on him. They whip his back. They pull his hair out. They pluck his beard out. They you know, treat him like a dog. And he takes it. He allows man to get the victory over him. Much imagery there. Arise O Lord into thy arrest. Thou and the ark of thy strength. Go to Isaiah 30. Let's see now. Isaiah 30. It's always easy, isn't it, to call out wicked people. John the Baptist would do that. He would call out Herod. And he'd call him a wicked man. And he was. But you can be sure he was praying for him. 
in his cell at night to be consistent with scripture. Publicly he would call him out, but uh, privately he was praying for him. And I'm sure his disciples were as well. Isaiah 33, uh, 10. Now will I rise, saith the Lord. Now will I be exalted. Now will I lift up myself. You shall conceive shaft. You shall uh, bring forth stubble. Your breath as fire shall devour you. And the people shall be as the burnings of lime. And thorns cut up shall they be burned in the fire. That's what's going to come if you're not saved. If you're not walking with God Almighty, it's no picnic. I can assure you back to Psalm 132 verse 9. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness. Old Testament priests, literal priests wearing ephod and uh, priestly garments. For today we are a royal priesthood. Our garments are spiritual, not literal. And let thy saints shout for joy. Amen to that. Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, there's no discrepancy, it's all <coughs> nicely lined up. <coughs> 10. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Go back to the book of Isaiah, this time 50. Uh, Fifty-three, please. Fifty-three, three. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. About Psalm 132, verse ten again. For thy servant, for thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Uh, for David's sake. Please do what you need to do, O Lord God. And of course, the greater David came. And we, let's, let's all include ourselves, turn our faces from him. And uh, many a time, even after being saved, there's a level of shame still. There shouldn't be. He's not ashamed of us. That can be a from a major issue to a minor issue. It could be not speaking up when your family blaspheme his name. You look the other way like you didn't hear it. Or somebody insinuates something from your own family and you don't say anything look the other way to keep the peace there's a level of discomfort shall we say that's the old man and that's you just confess it's the lord and move on verse 11 the lord has sworn in truth unto david the lord's not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent hath not said and should not do it that's a great passage which stand out of context by our jewish friends and working on an article at the moment about judaism the jews how they like to take verses out of context and they take that passage from numbers out of context to say that God couldn't or wouldn't become a man but that's not what it said it says the Lord is not a man that he should lie quote the whole passage nor the son of man that he should repent and that's Christ of course and that actually proves the deity of Christ and uh, that man is not that God is not like man but even that verse they can't get down correctly the Jewish rabbis the Lord has sworn in truth unto David he will not turn from it of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne go to Luke chapter 1 please it's a great passage for Christmas which isn't far off from now and whatever your views are on Christmas it's all good for us we use it to get the gospel out and uh, enjoy the rest over the Christmas period to recuperate and get ourselves ready for January but we'll be on the streets probably Christmas Eve anyway, like we normally are. Luke one thirty two, Luke one thirty two, 
And if I go back to verse, uh, let's see now, these, these are all good passages. Uh, 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb as she did, and bring forth a son as she did, and shall call his name Jesus, and she did. He shall be great, and he was. And shall be called the son of the highest, and he is. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, which he hasn't yet. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, not yet. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Still to happen, it's still in play. This goes back to the New Testament, the New Covenant, which I, want to, which I will explain in a future video probably, or an article, perhaps both, that it was actually suspended when Christ came the first time. You've got Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews chapter 8. speaks about a new covenant that Jehovah will give to the Jews. And every rabbi reads Jeremiah 31 and says, uh, you know, what happened to it, basically? Where did it go? And of course, we know it hasn't happened yet. It will come into place during a thousand year reign. Let's keep on track. Verse 12. If thy children will keep my covenants and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. Which, of course, they did not do. They rejected God time after time, went back into sin worshipped other gods lost the blessing and of course the gentiles that's you and i we got grafted into the foundation of israel of course the root is holy the branches are not that's why christians need to be careful when they deal with unbelieving jews but at the same time being mindful of this that unbelieving jews are not tanakh followers they are what's called rabbinical jews there's a great difference just very briefly the jews follow tradition what does Rabbi such and such say about this passage? What does the Talmud say about that passage? They go with the Talmud, they go with the rabbis, and they use the rabbis and the Talmud to interpret the Tanakh, the Old Testament. Church of Rome is the same. They go with the councils, the church fathers, to interpret the Bible. Same problem. That's condemned in Mark chapter 7. So I have no problems calling Judaism as it is today a false religion. It is a false religion. They don't follow the Old Testament to the letter. They skirt around much of it. In fact, 75% of the Torah, they just completely throw out the window. If you don't believe me, check it with Michael Brown sometime. He's an expert on this field, in this area. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, if, 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 their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. That was the promise, as far as Jehovah was concerned, but of course the Jews said no, we, you know, we, want, we shine this man to reign over us and they turned him down and they got uh, two or three more Roman emperors, made that probably four or five in fact, went into captivity, they lost over a million men, 70 AD, uh, those that weren't killed by the Romans were sent off into slavery, the galleys, and uh, had a tough time, most never came back, some were even banished I think to parts of Africa. Uh, so this is the Lord saying I'll do this if you do that and they said no we won't do this Lord okay I won't do that he says and the door gets closed and of course they're out of fellowship as of right now 13 for the Lord hath chosen Zion Jerusalem we spent many weeks discussing this he hath desired it for his habitation he has desired it not man go to Ezekiel chapter let's see now 48 Ezekiel 48 verse 35 it was round about 18,000 measures and the name of the city Zion Jerusalem from that day hasn't happened yet 
shall be the Lord is there again it's pointing to a future event which will take place he'll get the throne of his father David he'll be great so on and so forth he'll reign over the house of Jacob not the church forever so if you're premillennial just sit tight don't panic don't get you know churned up inside about this or that it's all going to come good 132 still Psalm 132 uh, verse uh, 14 this is my rest forever here will I dwell why is that for I have desired it that's why we pray that's why we pray for the peace of Israel Jerusalem specifically it's a special part of the world it's special real estate I can't stress that enough we pray for Jerusalem because of course it's tied to Jehovah and one day he'll be there physically on the earth in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and we'll be with him and it'll be a great blessing I tell you that now 15 I will abundantly bless her provision I will satisfy her with bread her uh, antecedents would be on Zion verse 13 let's go to Revelation 12 get a bit more lights on this passage and uh, again if you're pre-millennial it all makes perfect sense if you're not pre-millennial you got a lot of problems here you have to go back over church history and try and reinterpret these passages and put them into a different dispensation it will not work but if you're pre-millennial it's all going to work revelation 12 6 and the woman feminine perfect match fled into the wilderness where she feminine hath a place prepared of god that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days what was that three and a half years we got the numbering last time through daniel and here back to psalm 132 i will abundantly bless her provision i will satisfy her poor with bread and I've got one more I think from this chapter uh, let's have a look now uh, I think it's Revelation 12 14 yeah verse 14 and the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished we say malnourished we say get some good nourishment eat proper food where she is nourished for a time one and times two and half a time being half a course from the face of the serpent three and a half years we went through this in great detail during the Daniel study back to Psalm 132 verse uh, 16 I will also clothe her priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy back to Ezekiel uh, this time 42 and uh let's see now ezekiel 42 uh, 42 13 then said he unto me the north chambers and the south chambers which are before the separate place a place shall be holy chambers where the priests that approach unto the Lord shall eat the most holy things there shall they lay the most holy things and the meat offering and the sin offering and the trespass offering for the place is holy when the priests enter therein then shall they not go out of the holy place into the outer court but there shall they lay their garments wherein they minister 
for they, being the garments, are holy, and should put on other garments, and should approach to those things which are for the people. This is the third temple, which is found in Revelation 11, which we spent many years looking at, and uh, it's coming, mark my words. Back to verse 16 again, Psalm 132, verse 16. I will also clothe, 15. I will abundantly bless, uh, 14. This is my rest forever, 13. The Lord hath chosen Zion. Again, God speaking clearly. You can't miss it, first person. There's no ambiguity here. And going back to verse 11. The Lord hath sworn in truth unto David. Again, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said and shall he not do it? You better believe it. And if you don't, you need to get back into fellowship with God Almighty. Verse uh, 16. And her saints, her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Go to Isaiah chapter 20. Let's see now. Make it, uh, make it chapter 12. Isaiah 12. Twelve verse uh, six. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. We don't just speak out of our hats. We speak about the thousand-year reign. We've got a lot of scriptures to go to, most of which is found in the Old Testament, which hasn't yet come to pass, but it will. It will. Psalm one thirty-two. Let's do two more and close. Seventeen. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed, and the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men. Let there be lights, and there was light. Christ lights every man that cometh into the world. You can't miss the imagery. There will I make the horn of David to bud. It's like a, uh, it's like a flower coming up in spring, just budding, blossoming, looking beautiful. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. Pretty clear imagery a lamp a light uh something like the menorah for the temple of course his enemies will i clothe with shame but upon himself shall his crown flourish jeremiah chapter 3 please crown a uh, king of kings lord of lords crown him uh it's a beautiful song about that he came the first time but a crown of uh, thorns next time a crown of uh, gold you thought the coronation of King Charles last year was a big deal. You ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, Jeremiah 3. So scared of tearing these pages. Uh, 3.7. There we go. 3.17. Uh, at that time. At that time. They should call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. And all the nations shall be gathered unto it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Neither shall they, neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their evil heart. In those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel. Sounds like chapter thirty-one, and also Hebrews chapter eight hasn't happened yet. And they shall come together out to the land of the north, to the land that. I have given for an inheritance unto your fathers. The best is yet to come, people. I tell you, if you're pre-millennial, just sit tight. It's all going to come good, and it will come good. But in the meantime, 
We're going to keep praying for the peace of Jerusalem, peace for Israel, peace in Israel, peace for Jerusalem, and for the salvation of the Jews. We don't uh, just pray for their physical needs. We also pray for their spiritual needs.